Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning for your word. Thank you because you are speaking expressly to us. Thank you because you are teaching us things that we do not know. And thank you most especially because you are going to give us light and illumination in this teaching today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. The church says a louder, amen. amen. All right. I want to um, show us something in the scriptures before I begin to teach. I'm speaking to more to the singles this morning. And... Um, my wife spoke to the married people, and that was so powerful. Please put your hands together one more time. But before we go there into what I want to say, turn your Bible with me to the book of John chapter 6 and verse 5. John 6 and verse 5. By the way, I, I liked the, the sound from the choir this morning. That was so powerful. Please... I was hearing it from the back and so good. Well done. All right, let's start from verse 5. John 6, verse 5. And then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? The next verse, verse 6. It says, But this is said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Verse 7, And Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. Verse 8, And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's Peter's brother, said to him, Verse 9, There is a lad here who have five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are these among so many? What are these among so many? Verse 10. And then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. And so the men sat down in numbers about 5,000. All right. Keep it there with me. Just leave that scripture there with me on the screen. Okay, I want to start out first by speaking to everybody under the sound of my voice, those who are physically present and our viewers online as well, our members online, everyone who's joining us. What Jesus did here was a powerful principle, and that's where I want to start from. What I'm about to say is very applicable to those who are single right now. Jesus was trying to portray here was multiplication and for the law enacted Jesus was portraying to us a very powerful principle there and it's the principle of order in other words you want to see things in your life begin to take shape you want to I mean think about this how do you feed 5,000 men 5,000 men they are rowdy 
they, 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 they can be a stampede. 5,000 people want to have five loaves of bread and two fishes. 5,000 people. But look at the very powerful principle there. Jesus says, everyone go and sit down first. The Bible says, for there was so much grass in the place. So much grass in the place. And so while you sit down, in fact, in the account, I think it's in the Luke account, the Bible says they sat down in their companies. And while they sat down in their companies, then they started to get fed. They were fed, they were fed the moment they were in their companies. What does that powerful principle tell us? It tells us about order and how the reason why sometimes people are not entering into the right relationships or some relationships in the family is not working the way it's supposed to work is because there is a powerful principle that is not at work in that family or in that relationship and there is so much disorder. Look, God does not operate so much where there is disorderliness. Listen to what I'm saying to you. If you look at the archives of your journey as a single person, you want to date someone, you know you your life and this is not applicable to everybody but this is just to bring a foundation there you would likely see some people so much disorderliness what do I mean by disorderliness I'm not talking about in this context but combing your hair using perfume and all of those things that's not what I'm talking about in this context what I'm talking about here is the continuity of how you have structured that area of your life that relationship area you look about it think about it there are people under the sound of my voice who you've had in the past, listen to this, in the past six months you've had at least four boyfriends in six months. In the past one year you've had experiences of about, almost, you, know what it, you know what it means to quarter to date? Quarter to date. You have had at least nine quarter to dates in six months. You have... get married to them you give attention to every guy equally even though there is one you are giving more attention to but then you are giving this person a hope whereby in your mind you know this person has no chance so you look at the disorder now what you are calling fun and vibe what you are calling I'm having a good time is so much disorderliness even in people's marriage, there can be disorderliness there. Let me tell you something. Disorderliness is when there is also a lack of communication. Are you hear what I'm saying? Anything that must grow and must multiply, there must be a rule. And that rule is order. If you put order in place first, that's where I want to start from. You put order in place. In other words, look, it, it, there's something Pastor T used to say that I really like. If you are having a baby, you add nine months to plan for that baby to come. It is disorderliness on only on extreme cases. If you have a job and you have a business, it is disorderliness that at the time the baby is coming, the time the baby is coming, you don't even have, you've not even I mean, you've not been able to even buy one clothes for the baby, particularly when you have a job or a business. There might be extreme cases where some things might not be working the way it's supposed to work. Disorderliness. 
In other words, if you look at a family, you can have disorderliness in that family whereby there is no plan. You are, you know, we are just going nowhere. Okay, at the end of this year, as a family, what do we hope to achieve? Disorderliness. At the end of this quarter, what would be our goal as a family together? What will we look back and say? Because look, both of you are together on one thing. Oh. What are we going to look back to say, I think we've been able to get this thing right? Or what is the, prog the progress, the metrics in your family? And for single people as well, one of the reasons why things don't grow is because there's so much disorderliness. So I want to start with that. The first thing I want to help you to do today is if you are married or you are single here, single, go back home today and try and fix. You know, there are some conversations you should stop. You already know who you are going to, you already know who you are going to say yes to. You already know. But because of boredom, you are still giving attention, you are still trafficking to somebody. Just let the guy go, let the girl go. Disorderliness. Nothing grows like that. Oh. Are you following what I'm saying? And let me say something to you. This is very, very important. Many marriages don't fail inside the marriage. It failed before the marriage started. You didn't hear what I said. It failed. Look, if I'm driving a Rolls Royce, 2024 model Rolls Royce, and I'm going to Elisha, the moment my tire is punctured by a little nail, just small nail, punctured a little bit, guess what? I would be going all the way, but as long as there is a vacuum there that is bringing out the air from the tire, what is going to happen is that I'm going to keep going only to realize that I'm not going to get to my destination. Why? Something has been punctured unknown to me. In other words, these are the things. In fact, the, the, the impact of a marriage, the progress of any marriage or any relationship actually starts in the pre-marriage, not the marriage itself. Are you following what I'm saying? And that's what I want to start with. So, media, please give me my, my... Okay, so let's go to the next one. Because I wanted you to get the message very clearly today. Now, the equation of marriage or relationship, particularly for single people, it is shown here that 70% is who you marry, 30% is how you marry. Wait, if you miss one or two, you are going to have a problem. 70% is who you marry, 30% is how you marry. I will explain it to you this way. You know, there are many people who have ignored the process of how we got married. I'll give a practical example. Now, I don't, not, I don't generally teach this as a, as a doctrine, but it's our own experiences. I'll use my wife and I as an example. Now, listen to this. Don't try this at home until you hear from God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That you heard from God. Because these are the problems that we teach us to our pastors. We have caused problems. We have said things to you. And then you take our experiences as the only legal way through which God operates. And then we just marry that. How did my wife and I get married? I knew that we were supposed to get married. We both knew we were going to get married. Don't let me go into all the backstories. But even then, God told me 
clearly that she was going to be my wife. God told me. I had a supernatural experience with God by the voice of God. And I believe that was the same thing with her as well. But guess what? At the time, both of us didn't have that emotional heart connection with each other. We didn't. What we had, listen to this, what we had was the voice of God. I'm telling you the truth. Okay, I'm going to get there. What we had was the voice of God. Even though we were fond of each other, we were friends, but not in that emotional connection. Now, let me say this to you. Contrary to many things you might have heard by deeply spiritual people, that emotions has no part to play in relationship is false. You know what's going to happen? You are going to marry somebody you have no business staying with, and what you are going to feel eventually is that I'm only in this marriage because of God. And the moment you no longer feel God, you are going to walk out of that marriage. Listen, there is a reason why God puts chemistry in your body. Are you, are you aware? There's a reason, no? There's a reason, and I'm going to balance in a moment. There's a reason why you feel something towards somebody. You didn't put it there. It was God that put it inside there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is somebody still with me? So, what do we do? Because I knew, or we knew that this was, we had, I mean, we knew that we were friends, you know, but not deeply as it's supposed to be at the time. We did not immediately get into that relationship just because we heard the voice of God. In fact, we stayed one year, I'm telling you the truth, one year without being in a relationship. And that one year, this is, she's over here, and that's why I said, don't try this at home. <laughs> Only if you have the voice, if you heard the voice of God, we wrote confessions about our love towards towards one another, and we were taking confessions every day for one year. Don't try this at home. I'm telling you the honest truth. She's here. She can be here with. I mean, she's, we both did it. You know why? Because I knew that how the marriage starts is as important also as the person I'm getting married to. How the thing starts, the premise upon which this thing started. There are many people whose relationship actually started with lies. They started out lying to each other, fabricated lie. They started out, listen to this, they started out not being sincere with each other. In fact, some even started out not showing their real side to that person. Listen to this. Do you know that it's very possible that the moment your partner complains about something that they don't like, and that is who you are, who you are, it is very possible for the sake of you trying to get married to that person, you change that side of yourself temporarily till you get married. So the premise of that relationship actually started out with lies. So what we did was, we knew that we were going to get married, but we knew that that emotional part was important as well. And then we started making confession towards it. And after some time, it started to grow. And then, bam, we got married. And now, amen. We're in love. So this is it. Who you marry, wait now. (laughs) Who you marry and how you marry. Many times we focus on who you marry. And a lot of times you don't focus on how. 
there are people you, you listen somebody you were your sister was dating a brother that was your close friend or your pen friend and you you were hanging around strategically and then you were are you, listen to this and then you were feeding that person wrongly and you know that this person is a relationship or maybe you had even dated the person before and then you're coming back and be texting and be sending photographs of when you guys went to the beach may that, may that water carry <laughs> carry that love away you'll be sending things people do these things you know what you're trying to do you are trying to touch the emotions of that person again this person that every time you send that person message, the person is already crying then eventually this person breaks up with that person comes and meets you then you get married guess what how you married is a problem I'm telling you the truth how you married is a problem so we don't only look at who you get married to we also look at how you get married there are many people who when they start talking to somebody they don't even mean what they are saying they don't mean it but it's just to bet that I will get her and some girls it's just to bet that I will marry him now I focus on who you mar- on how you marry now let me talk a little bit on who you marry you know who you marry is the constant commodity in that marriage the moment you miss that who you marry <laughs> support you what <laughs> so who is this person I'm getting married to and that's very critical so we're going to go into that line upon line to see that so let's go to the next slide quickly and I'm going to go through this you know one after the other with you on the stages of friendships in marriage please if you are single listen to what I'm about to teach you now it will save your life amen and if you are seated beside somebody that you love or you can like or wants to get married to you or you want to date tap the person three times and say let's listen together or you tell them listen for two if you are seated beside a guy don't don't tap the guy okay. alright let's look at this stage one of friendship you know I said something when I talked about um, when I did a friendship series on Friday and I said that is it not interesting how people say well I can't date him or I can't marry him he's my friend and I'm wondering to myself who else would you marry if not your friend have you thought about it? Think about it for a moment. Only friends can keep vows. Enemies don't keep vows. How, how, how do you say to death do his path? You can only say that to a friend. Amen. Glory to God. So, what are the stages of friendship? Number one. It is usually starts out by admiration or conflict. I'll explain what conflict means. You met the person and you, you never liked the person. Anybody like that? Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Amen. You never liked the person. Now, a lot of times, people get married like this. And you see, I, I always, I'm always in shock when sometimes people say, well, I don't like him. Sometimes that's not a premise, though. You might find out that the person you say you don't like is the person you're going to get married to. Amen. 
But that's usually the first stage. Conflicts or admiration. Admiration is, I look at this guy from afar and I just like him. I like the way he stands. I like the way he talks. I like the way he smiles. I like his perfume. They've used perfume to carry you away. I love his shoes. I love the way he dresses. I love how he talks. I love how he stands. Those things are great. It usually starts out with admiration or it starts out with conflict, fights. You know, that guy and the usher, the seat you want to sit is always moving you away from that place. And you just don't like him. This guy doesn't smile at me. This guy and that person, it usually starts out there sometimes. So the first one there is admiration or conflict. Number two is introduction. Introduction is usually done by events, circumstances, or you go and introduce yourself. Or something brings both of you together and you begin to talk. Introduction. Now, listen to this. Usually, when you are in this stage of introduction, your greatest belief about the personality is informed in this stage. In other words, how you act, react, behave is based on what happens when you are in this stage. In other words, if you are there and you are hungry with the person, when you are being introduced to that person, you are going to see the person from one lens. What, what a silly boy. And that's going to inform how you relate to the person. That's going to inform how you talk to the person. In other words, at that stage, your guard towards that person is very high. You are not free with the person. You won't talk very well with the person. You are just very guarded. But if you are in the stage of admiration, you are going to already start asking this person in introduction, what clothes does your mother like best? If you are already in this place. Admiration. Does your mom like Edika Eko or Afang? What kind of food does your mom like? Because you are already thinking that when I go and meet the mom, that's what I'm going to cook for the mom. Amen. Now, whatever you experience here can influence this place. Now, in this place of introduction, is where you get to start to know each other. Now, in this place, it could be the person said something that connected to your life experiences. Now, there are many factors that create the bond in introduction. Many factors. Number one, life or similar experiences. If you grew up in a place where things were very tough and bad for you, and that person also grew up in a place where there were, things were very tough and bad for them, Similar experiences begins to connect together. Glory to God in this place of introduction. And that's okay. And so you have that going on. Now the second stage or the third stage is, and I'm, I'm going somewhere with this though. The third stage is being fond of each other. Now you've moved past introduction already. At this point, you guys are now really fond of each other. Which means that you love to talk to the person. Okay? You are not dating yet. But it's 3 p.m. and the person has not called you and you are angry. Glory to God. The person sends you a text message or somebody is calling you and you are expecting the person to call you and it's, it's Mr. Chikozi. And you're Mr. Chikozi. When you are waiting for the person's call, you are downstairs cooking and the phone rings. Da -da 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 -da. Then you run upstairs only to find out that it's mommy, mommy a body. Say mommy a body. I say, hello, can I come and make your hair now? I beg, Joe. You're fond of the person. Amen. You want to talk to the person. You want to converse with the person. You want to be around the person. You want to connect with the person. And that place is a very good place. Guess what? 
this is just a problem for single people. This is the place you can off pants. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Can I say it louder? This is the place you can off pants. I'm telling you the truth. Because you see, the moment, listen, many people think is when we get to affection, we can start removing pants. That's not true. The moment you start, listen, your emotions go faster than your thoughts. I'm telling you the truth. Your emotions is so fast. Faster than your mind. Sometimes, even to spiritual people, faster than your spirit. <laughs> Glory to God. So what happens in this place is you're fond of each other. Something or else is. Something is building up in, in your heart towards that person already. Something is already there. That, oh, I just like this person. You know, I just like this person. Somebody walks past you and you're already telling the person beside you that, ah, it looks like, um, that person looks like. Amen. Now, the next place, and I'm going to ask a question in a moment. At what stage should you start praying about this person? I will point it out to you. At what stage? Because this is the stage many people start praying. At this point, you, can, you will hear dog. It, I didn't say God. You will hear dog. If a dog barks, it will give you a confirmation you are looking for. At this, at this stage, once you start catching feelings, especially when your emotions is already ahead of you, particularly when you know that you are someone who you don't know how to ha manage and handle your emotions yet, that phase is not the phase where you start praying towards it. I'll show you where you're going to start praying towards it. But in this phase when you are catching feelings, you have to listen to this. The moment you start to catch feelings to the person, you have to get a bit more careful. Listen to this. There's nothing wrong going all the way, but I want to just give you a little bit of balance. You know the word lose God now. The moment you start catching feelings, you are lose God already. You will start telling people, you will start telling that person. <laughs> you know how many of you have collected how many children do you want to have 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 how many children you know how many children do you want to have only you five guys <laughs> and you have gathered children you want to have now you have 32 you must give birth to them you must give birth to them you must as sure as God helps you you must give that to them only you 32 now you get to this point let me tell you even to the best of the best when you get to this point, you, you will start talking. Even you, you will be surprised at the things. Your dad would offend you. The first person that would get the feedback of what your father did to you is that person. Your childhood friend, someone you love so dearly, would do something wrong to you. The person you are going to tell is that person. And let me tell you something. Listen to this. This phase to go all the way down to catching feelings does not take months for some people. For some people, it takes two days. <laughs> but those kind of people, they are called OG. OG. Glory to God. Amen. Is somebody following me? Are you learning something? Okay. So when you get to catching feelings, okay, you have to know and accept that I think I love this person. 
Many people who don't do that, come into that acceptance, get into trouble. Because you get into denial that, uh, I don't really like him. They say, you like him. I say, I don't really like him. You like him. And if you are, if you are with a guy that is smooth, a smooth guy, he will know. You know how you know? When you start complaining too much, you complain too much. But you missed my call. You didn't return the call. I, well, I, was, I, I had a busy day at work. You know. But next time, when you miss somebody's call, you know, just call back. When you miss somebody, who is somebody? You are, <laughs> that somebody, circle it, is a position. No? That somebody is my place. And as sure as God helps you, you will not give up my place. <laughs> Amen. Is someone following me? All right. So, at that point when you start to lose God, you have to now get yourself into something. Let me explain something to you. Especially when you're not sure. Once you start catching feelings like that, especially when you're not sure, speak to somebody about it. You know that friend now? That friend that can help you reset. There you have, usually you have one or two of them around your life. Speak to that one friend or two friends. They will help you reset. Okay? Now, at what point do you start, before I go to the next slide, because my time is fast going. At what point do you start praying about it? Okay? I, I believe it might be too early at the point of introduction because you don't really know the person. Wait. The moment you are being formed with each other, start praying about it. Amen. Are you following me? All right, next slide. Okay, this is the, at what stage do you start praying about the person? I've answered that, yes or no. All right, mistakes or lies in relationships. Number one, the biggest lie in relationships or marriages is that love is all that I need to make my relationship and marriage work. Ask married people. I thought so myself. Fill me, Lord, with more love. Oh, Lord, that our love may abound more and more. The more we pray sometimes, the more we fight. The more we pray about that sometimes, the more we fight. Unfortunately, love is not all that there is to marriage. In fact, love is not the totality of all that marriage is. Now, there might be many things you've seen online or TV or your mindset that makes you believe that when you are in love with someone, then you're going to have a good marriage. Guess what? When you sit two people down that are having difficulties in their marriage, you tell them, so what is going on? Say, I just hate him. He's a stupid person. I, 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 I regretted ever meeting this person in my life. Da, 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 da. Then you look at the next person and say, well, so what's going on? I don't like him. Da, 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 da. I love him more. I love him more. But I, then you begin love and hate at the same time. And you're wondering, what's going on there? Guess what? I wish everything that was required to make you have a successful relationship was love. But that's not true. I'm going to break some of, things, some of the things down for you. Number two, the people who also said that God's voice is all that it needs to make a relationship work. I wish so. And some people might be shocked about that. That all I need to make this thing work is that the God's voice spoke towards us. I heard a voice saying, 
thou art my daughter. Be faithful towards her. It's not all that is required there. That's in fact very important. The voice of God is important because when the voice of God goes ahead something, it backs it. So that's important. But it is not all that you need in that sense or it's not everything. Look, you can have the voice of God. I always use this practical example to explain it and I say that if you look at this if you have a house and it's carcass it's a good house it's house but you can't live inside can you live inside the wisdom of God tells you to build a house but for it to be filled with every good thing with light with fan with AC with television it must then have what knowledge so there might be the wisdom of God which means the voice of God the word of God has gone ahead to say date or marry this person but there is something fundamentally missing is the knowledge which is the know-how to work with each other and that's where many people miss it they don't have the knowledge to work with each other number three quickly go back there number three is warning signs changes with time Ooh, I could expand a lot on this one. In actual fact, there are people who got married to people who, or dated people who they didn't see some warning signs. But warning signs can change with time. Now, you don't get into that relationship suspicious because this is where a lot of people then get into problems as well. You get it because we've also said, check him or check him or check him or, or check out, check out. So when we say those kinds of things to you, you don't leave any room for trust whatsoever. So you are busy there just checking, is this person right? Is this person going to do something wrong to me? But look, there are some very loud warning signs. And if it is loud enough and you are not blinded, you will pick it up. And when you hear or see those loud warning signs, please react to them very quickly. Number four, marriage gives you a social status that comes with happiness that singleness can't give you. Hmm. How many of you badly want to get married? Look. When I got married, no, when we did our court wedding, after we did our court wedding, I went back home that day and I was thinking to myself, what, on, what in the world did I just do? Like, what, what did I just do? I was like, oh, nice. Ah, oh, get me, oh, get me. Nice one, nice one, nice one. You know why? There is societal pressure that comes with marriage, particularly for single people. That the moment, and you know, in our society, when you go out, it's usually one of the ways of introduction or talking to people. Are you dating somebody? Are you single? Are you married? Even as pastors as well, unconsciously, sometimes we put pressure on people. Hey, Alpha, how are you? Are you married? Are you single? Are you dating? So some of those things, you know, get into people's head and then put some pressure to them. And they believe that the moment you get married, there is one happiness that comes. Let me say it to you this way. It's like when you get married, your happiness is split into two. One for your partner, one for you. <laughs> Glory to God. So let's keep going. I have to jump a couple of things. 
Next slide, please. Okay. Take me all the way down because of time to the false foundation of the of relationship. False foundations. All right. I'll close with this one. Single people, please let me come down and speak this one to you. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to give you three. And I think it will truly help you. Number one, projecting a love language that is contrary to yours in order to validate your partner. Wait a minute. I will explain it. Um, I almost want to use PD, but it will be funny. Let me use my wife. Please. You are in a relationship already or about to get into a relationship. And my primary love language is, let me say, words of affirmation. And her primary love language, love language is quality time. Now, because my wife loves quality time and I love words of affirmation, while we are single and we are not dating yet, just because I want to get my wife and I want to marry her by all means, I start to project as though, what's yours? what did I say yours again? What's quality time. I start to project as though quality time is all that I love as well. I love quality time more. Now, I would ask her, I could bait first, what is your own primary love language? Say quality time. I say, very good. And I also say quality time to her. And my own is physical touch. My own is gifts. Then I begin to tell her these words of affirmation. Well, now, I'm trying to affirm her naturally. It doesn't come naturally to me. But in the process, I'm trying to do that so that I can make her feel convinced that you will not be deprived of words of affirmation. Then we continue that journey like that. I can do it for six months, three months, one year, and then it's time to get married. Then we finally get married, and then words of affirmation is no longer affirming. Because I've got, I've got back myself to my natural state. Now there's nothing to prove anymore. Now I'm not trying to reach an end. Now I've gotten my destination. Now I don't have anything to prove anymore. So there are times, listen to this. I, I, that's why I say single people, please, before you get married, be true to who you are. Be authentic. Look, let your spouse know that I don't like quality time, but if you like it, I would work on it. Don't project what is not yours as yours. Listen, that is a premise of, of starting a relationship in life. And when you start a relationship like that, you can only build it up with what you started it with. If you start with lies, it's going to end with lies. Are you following what I'm saying? Did somebody hear what I just said there? Thank you very much. Number two. Not showing their true self to save the relationship. Not showing their true self. What do I mean by that? There are people who hide their skins while they are dating. I remember, I think it was Dr. K. 
I don't know if it was Dr. K or Reverend George, one of the two of them who shared a story. I think it was Dr. K. Who shared a story of a particular guy who, a lady who had come to, I think it was Dr. K, who had come to, one of the two of them, anyway, <laughs> um, who had come to him to say, I want to get married to this person. And he said, oh, no, no, this person, I, you know, I don't think, no, 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 no. He opens the door for me. You know, he calls me pet name. You know, all of those great things that are really nice. There's nothing wrong with those things. And I said to him, this person, I think there's something wrong here. He said, oh, no, no, no. Long short of story. They got married. And after maybe some years or so, you know, he later saw her and she was on crunches, crutches. And he had beaten her blue black. Yeah. Um, so you, 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 you cannot marry opening door for me and um, calling me pet names and um, sending me roses to the eventual outcome of that relationship or that marriage. You know why? Because sometimes in the quest of trying to get to the end of that marriage, people can hide skins. I don't have the time to tell you ways to, to you know, um, check those things but be true again to yourselves and let me say this here it is proven that if you have sex or you are physically in touch <laughs> with each other while you are in a relationship before you get married it is very likely that you find it very difficult to exit that relationship even when you have found things that should not eventually cause you to go ahead with that relationship. What happens there is that you already feel like you've left a part of yourself. There is somebody else has a stake in your life and it's always more difficult to do that. Are you following what I'm saying? And that's one of the reasons why we tell single people, please, I know they say, oh, we want to taste what married people are tasting as well. Oh, it's not only people that can be tasting it. Let me tell you, I want to be too, it's sweet, it's sweet. Look, let me tell you, that... <laughs> There are more disadvantages, and during the singles conference, I'm going to explain, I'm going to show you a diagram of explaining why there are more disadvantages to those things. Did somebody just clap? Okay, let me just close, let me close the service now. Number three, dating based on other people's convictions of the person and not what you have discovered yourself. Let me explain this one to you. Pastor Chocolate, please come. This is guys, your GGs. It can happen, listen, no, it can happen with friends. Uh, why did you stop? Are you looking for a wife? It can happen with guys and it can happen with mentors. So let's enact this. Miss Agbe, please come as well. Sorry. So I'm going to give Pastor Chakwe a name. Pablo, young Pablo. I even like her singing. I'm going to give Miss Adek, Miss Agbebi. Pablet. <laughs> I love that. So this is Pablo and who? Pablet. Now, Pablo is my guy. My guy. Please, Pablo, come here. And Pablet is my person. I like Pablet, my person. Now, I just love unconsciously 
that Pablo and Pablet, we can build a family friendship if they get married unconsciously. Look, do you know that many of us might be doing that arranged marriage our parents is doing? It's just that our parents force it down your throat. Your own is little suggestions. Arranged marriage. Now, Pablo has no convictions about Pablet. Now say, Pablo, about Pablo. Pablo, what's in the world? What's in the world in you now? See, Pablet. <laughs> See Pablet now. You just there, you just single. Hey, you are almost 50. You, you should not be 50, by the way. You know, you never marry 50 Pablet. See, now I'm entering Pablo's head. I'm programming Pablo. And Pablo, listen, Pablo does not like Pablet like that. But what happens is that Pablo, because of the constant thing that I've said, sometimes a group of friends have said. Sometimes it's even double daring unconsciously. Pablo, you know, be man, Joe. You know, be man. You just carry body. You know, be man. If you be man, ah, run arm now, run arm. You know, sharp. Now, what happens to Pablo is that Pablo unconsciously now goes to meet Pablet. And Pablet has been waiting on the Lord. I'm gonna wait on you. So, Pablet is just waiting for. Let a man that can wear trousers, not skirts, you know what I mean. Let a man that can wear that wears trousers come. Well, these days they wear trousers too. So, and what happens is that Pablo and Pablet now get into a relationship. But Pablet, Pablo had no convictions. He only saw something in Pablet that connected with his heart. Sometimes it could even just be their background their life experiences. They grew up poor, so they had poorism to be talking about. Amen. And just by that thing that connected them together, they then started, they got into a relationship, they got married, and how they got married is the problem, not who they got married to. You see, as I'm taking it back to what I started talking about, sometimes it could even be the suggestion of a pastor. So, there are two people in a relationship and there are problems going on there because one person came into that relationship because of what was told the person, what was believed by the person and they are now in a relationship and there is no option in that relationship again. So, single people, listen to what I'm saying to you. Anybody you are going to date, own your convictions. Did you hear what I said to you? own your convictions. It must not be a conviction of your pastor. It must not be a conviction of your sister. It must not be a conviction of your brother. It must not be a conviction of your friends. It must be I want to, I choose to marry this person. This is how the concept of marriage started. Adam looked at Eve and called her his wife. Name your wife and name your husband. Glory to God. Were you blessed? Celebrate Pablo. And tablets. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Let me just pray for you. There might be people under the sound of my voice that the challenges in their marriage is very demonic as well. Look at me, everybody, please. If you're married here, there might be some there, there might be some things that it's not just, you know, 
The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, um, against principalities and powers, not just in marriages, even in relationships. Sometimes you don't even know why from one circle of issue to another circle of issues to another circle of issues. Sometimes you don't even know why your language is no longer connecting again. You no longer connect with each other. Some people, you don't even know why you no longer see that person anymore. The same person you love, the person you used to admire, is like something was just lifted and you no longer see that person in that way anymore. Listen, guys. Demonic oppression doesn't only attack, listen to this, doesn't only attack finances or people living long or dying before their time. No. Have you realized that relationship is one aspect of your life that connects with everything else? The pain you feel in your life, the betrayal you experience, everything you experience, the negativity you experience is brought sometimes by people. Relationships. And guess what? The same way the joy you express in life, the peace, the hope, the love is brought also by people. It is, it's, it's important even to God. And knowing fully well, it is one area that the enemy and the devil attacks a lot. Oh yes, a whole lot. So sometimes you are in the house, you are married to this person, and then for three days, four days, your spouse is just grumpy. Just straight face. Just moody. You can't even explain it. Are you okay? No. Are you eating? No. Is it right? No. It's just, what's going on here? There's like a tick atmosphere. Now, what happens for some people sometimes, you get into the flesh quickly and you want to react. You want to react back. If it's not talking, I'm not talking back. First you talk. You think you can go quiet and I will show you. I can also show you because I've always come, I always come to apologize first. I will show you. I mean, my wife and I have done it before. I mean, I don't know how to go long. So after two days, I'm just like Jesus Christ, I resurrect, I resurrect back. I don't know how to go long. You know, my personalities. Is that what it's saying? Are you me, It's looking like a Yoruba movie now. Amen. All right, let me, let me quickly run. Now, those oppressions occur. For people that are single, you just find out that issues are going on, accusations is happening, talks here and there, we are fighting. You, you, it's not just going straight. Something is missing. Sometimes, it's a demonic oppression. Okay? And you have to just take authority over it. That's why married people, if you can't pray together, if you can't, let me say something to you. This is so powerful. I think sometimes we've put in the scale, which is very important and necessary, we've put in the scale of praying together as only as the only spiritual activity married people do. But I tell you the truth, communication is one of the highest activities as for married people. Do you know that going out together on a date, just spending time to talk to each other, because some people, the moment we join our hands together and pray, Lord, we are believing God for a car. We are believing God for a house. That's the end of that connection. Spiritual activity is not all of that. Going out together, spending time together, openness to each other, vulnerability to one another. Those are spiritual things that bonds you, makes you see the same thing. Glory to Jesus. So I want to pray 
right here because the Lord asked me to do that. For anyone under the sound of my voice where this is a clear spiritual demonic influence even unknown to you in your thoughts in your belief you used to like your partner before now you can't even stand him anymore stand her anymore you used to love this person you are dating and you know you are going to get married you heard God but now you know that this is not it apart if there are other issues but you can just feel like you're giving your strength to it but it's no longer working I want to pray for you I want to pray for those under the sound of my voice also who are habitual, constantly sleeping around. I want to pray for you as well. Single people, please, you must understand the spirit of holiness. You can't always, you know, do things, you know, sleep around, say, well, we, we, only, we only just touched. There was no penetration. Look, it is what it is. There is, you, you, look, look we, we cannot, can we continue in seeing that grace abound, God forbid. Even though you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, even though there is therefore now no condemnation to you, you must understand the totality of the word of God. That we don't swing to one side of the pendulum just because we have received grace, then we continue in sin. I want to pray for strength. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus right now, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. I speak against every demonic activities of praying in the lives and in the marriages and the relationship, knowingly or unknowingly. And I rebuke it right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. I declare peace. Peace. From today, no more guessworks. No more trial by error. I declare peace in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And everyone believing God for a spouse, a husband, a wife, the Lord in this moment begin to lead you to him or her. In Jesus' mighty name. Clap to the Lord ten times. Clap to the Lord. Clap to the Lord. Clap to the Lord. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.